Hey everybody, welcome back to the Matt Report. This is the final episode of 2018. Got a couple folks lined up for 2019 that will probably calm it down a little bit and set up something new and interesting uh, for the rest of Matt Report 2019. So I really hope you enjoy this final episode. If you do, throw us a five-star review on iTunes. That would be great. It'd be amazing trying to hit that 200 mark. Uh, by the end of 2019. So I really appreciate it. Today's guest is Robbie McCullough of Beaver Builder. And of course, we're talking about Beaver Builder in a Gutenberg world. This was recorded before the State of the Word 2018 at the most recent WordCamp US. Um, so there are some thoughts uh, in here that uh, sort of predate that uh, Matt Mullenweg um, State of the Word. So uh, take that with a grain of salt. But Robbie and I talk about what, what Beaver Builder is going to do um, to continue to thrive in this, um, in this bit of a turbulent market with page builders and, of course, Gutenberg, uh, with so many options, so many tools available to people, how is Beaver Builder going to break through that noise? And I think it's going to do a really darn good job. They've done a really good, darn good job uh, up until this point. And their most recent version, 2.2, uh, has been a, a remarkable um, uh, display of their continued uh, success in this space. Other news around the Matt Report, I kickstarted the Plugin Tut channel once again. You can go to youtube.com slash Plugin Tut to see uh, the most recent video, which is an overview and demonstration of setting up the new WordPress 5.0 default theme 2019. And some of the uh, pros and cons of using that theme, uh, most notably, of course, Gutenberg, and some of the features that I just find still lacking in a default theme that is going out to everyone who downloads the latest version of WordPress. So if you're interested in learning how uh, I leveraged uh, Gutenberg in 2019, or you just want to see how 2019 sets up, or you just want to hear me in the first two minutes of the show talk about my thoughts on the theme and Gutenberg, head on over to youtube.com slash plug Without further ado, let's get into the show. Let's talk about Beaver Builder first. Uh, well, actually, Let's try to be a little bit professional for folks who don't know who you are. If this is the first time joining into the Matt Report, because I'm not even going to do an introduction. If, if people have never heard of you or Beaver Builder, what's your two-minute elevator pitch? Who are you and what do you do? Uh, my name is Robbie McCullough. I am based in the Bay Area, and I am the co-founder of Beaver Builder, which is a page builder uh, for WordPress. It's a visual design tool. You can drag and drop text and images and slideshows and whatever else not to build pages on your WordPress website. And everyone is, you know, as of today, so today is November 27th, 2018, release candidate one for 5.0 just launched. Uh, we've got Gutenberg upon us. We've got Jetpack launching their first uh, Gutenberg-ready blocks, which I've been raving about, not raving, ranting about for uh, quite some time. We're going to get to all that stuff. And everyone's thinking, what are page builders going to do in a Gutenberg world? I know the answer sort of as just a, as a guy who's sort of like a product person and just, and just being interested in what you all are up to. But what is Beaver Builder going to do in a Gutenberg world? Let me just throw that grenade at you first <laughs> and see how you answer it. Well, yeah, I've I've had some some experience answering that question, believe it or not, right over the last uh, two years now, almost. Um, you know, I mean, not to be like not to dodge the question, but like really, what we've been saying and and still are kind of saying is is you know, no one knows for sure what the the future is going to look like. Um, we've been you know supporters of Gutenberg from the beginning. Um, I agree with the you know. I think one of the reasons that that 
Beaver Builder and a lot of other page builders in the space have have seen the kind of growth that we've seen and, and the popularity we've seen is because there was a genuine need on the WordPress platform that wasn't being met. Um, and I think the Gutenberg is, is partly the core's team's response to seeing that, that demand. Um, so of course, like when we first heard about Gutenberg or the new push to, to improve the editing experience of WordPress, um, like, I think our, our hearts all dropped a little bit. We're like, oh man, you know, this is, this is it. You'd hear stories of like, you know, like there's always those like apps on the iPhone or the, the iOS store that, you know, got really popular. And then Apple's like, hey, yeah, we're going to do that now. And in, uh, in iOS and, and you're out of the game. And so, you know, it felt like, oh man, is that, is, is that what's going to happen to us? Um, as the development has kind of progressed and the, the project has, has matured, it's less of a concern. Maybe I think it was a lot more concerning when we didn't really know what it was going to look like. And now that things are two years in and we're almost, you know, Gutenberg's about to launch in core, uh, I definitely think that there's going to be an opportunity and a niche for, um, additional editing experiences on WordPress in a Gutenberg world. Should Matt have just bought Beaver Builder and incorporated it into WordPress? Did you ever have those conversations with Matt behind the scenes, perhaps? Um, but that, do you ever look at that and say, well, you scooped up WooCommerce, why not us? You know, I mean, I, I think I can safely say that no, like we didn't, we did that, that conversation never came up. Um, I guess if I had tried to dodge that question, right? Like I wouldn't have been able to say, yes, we had that discussion. So if I dodged <laughs> it, that might've been, been something. Um, you know, I don't know. That's a fun, it's, that was a fun like idea to throw around. Of course that like had come up a few times with like, oh, people would say, yeah, you should just buy Beaver Builder. You guys should just do that. Um, you know, my, 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 my like first thought on that is like, well, gosh, would we have really wanted to like, sell our company and again this is probably not the discussion you were hoping hoping to have yeah, you're just that theory crafting like, here it opens up a big a big can of worms um you know i i i think i i do appreciate the kind of long-term vision that matt and the core team have with gutenberg and i don't think that buying us would have accomplished that in the sense that you know the 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 thing he's been saying is they're they're building the the editor for the next 10 years or, or however long um and kind of rethinking publishing on the web um you know i i really enjoyed like uh morton rand hendrickson's kind of he's done a couple talks and blog posts like talking about like what the web looks like in in virtual reality and what you know um a dynamic web looks like when all of you know all websites are maybe like a Facebook where when you load up your Facebook homepage it's completely personalized you know like no one sees the same Facebook news feed and that that kind of technology that's driven by AI and and algorithms could potentially like trickle down to anyone that's building a website so if you're you know creating a blog on your WordPress site um, you're going to have the ability to tune that blog to whoever comes to your and they're going to get a different experience like like I really like like kind of playing around in that almost sci-fi-esque space now where, you know, what, what is the web going to look like? And, um, and so, you know, whether or not Gutenberg is going to be able to accomplish that, I guess is still a question, but, um, I think to answer your question, buying, buying, or, or trying to implement a page builder into WordPress wasn't really the, the, the end goal. 
I don't think you're giving yourself enough credit. <laughs> um, you know, one of the things that really, uh, you know, really irks me about how Matt handles this, and I recently made a video about this, and there's been an explosion on this Twitter thread that I had um, had had tweeted about about another article that had went out. Uh, you know, Matt sort of alludes to this to this feeling of well, there needs to be innovation in WordPress, and we're the team to do it. As in, like, core developers, Matt, and Automatic, they're the team to do it. And I take a step back and say, well, no, I think the real innovation has come from third-party developers all along. This is a, something that I, uh, sort of a, a little uh, kerfuffle I've, I've had with him in, way back in the day when he said that Jetpack was uh, the reason for WordPress growth. And to me, that's just him projecting uh, out five, ten years to where he sees Jetpack being the, the driving the driving force. And I say, no, it's it's us developers, it's us innovators, our boots on the ground that have been pushing for this. And and he's really got all of us in, I guess crosshairs might be a, a bit of an aggressive term, but it's like a little bit of respect, please, for the folks who've been pushing for WordPress. Uh, although we're all grateful to everything he's done and Automatic has done, don't forget about these people. You know, the, the guy or, or gal who's selling a $500 website is contributing to the movement and the momentum of WordPress, whether you see that or not. Um, I really see Beaver Builder and other page builders and other plugins that are out there as the innovation. So uh, no real question here, just sort of a, a pat on your back. Like, I, I think that that you all and, and many others have pushed for the innovation. And it's sort of, you know, is a a little bit of a slap in the face to say, you know, we're going to go ahead and do it ourselves. I mean, I don't know if acquiring you or another page builder is the right decision, although I kind of say yes, because you are the team who has had the, the ears closest to the ground. I don't know that th those are just my rambling thoughts of sort of innovation and, and, and how they move, because to me, I see this as maybe even a greater challenge to solving e-commerce. When they went to solve e-commerce, they said, let's just buy WooCommerce. It's already built. My, you know, to me, it's like, hey, you're going to build a page builder or an editor, as they like to eloquently describe it as, why not just go get the best one that's out there, right? That's, that, those are just my thoughts anyway. I, no, I appreciate that. Thank you. I, I think, uh, yeah, okay, I was taking that question of like, why don't they take Beaver Builder and implement it into core? Um, but the, the thought of them, and of course, like most acquisitions when like a big company hire, or uh, yeah, big company acquires a small team it's that they're they're acquiring the team as much as the product um so yeah no in that sense we have been like feet on the ground and this is a space that we've actively been working and thinking and, and solving problems in for going on five years now so so yeah that that would have been that would have been a lot more exciting i guess to think about like in terms of what we could have done as a team with the backing of a big company like automatic and and you know how we could have leveraged that to to potentially solve and explore some of those problems i want to go back to uh, what we were talking about and sort of how Beaver Builder lives in a Gutenberg world. And not only not only Beaver Builder, but uh, all of the other page builders. And as I've said, I have been saying for uh, the greater part of a year now, how do, how do we software creators live in a Jetpack world? As we see today, the announcement of uh, Jetpack's first Gutenberg blocks, uh, the form blocks, the payment blocks. Uh, I've been saying that this whole push of Gutenberg and Jetpack is the sassification, the software as a service, 
of self-hosted WordPress sites. Um, if you think of a traditional SaaS app, folks who have a traditional SaaS app, they can measure uh, the engagement with users. They can see what they're clicking on, what they're not clicking on, what, product, what features work, what features don't, what are people requesting. This connection of Gutenberg and Jetpack is what's going to deliver those kind of metrics, maybe not to the finite degrees that you can on a self-hosted plan or a SaaS-hosted plan, but it's giving them the ability to say, most of our WordPress users are in the editor while they're experiencing WordPress. How can we monetize that experience, whether or not they want to, to say that out loud? Um, I'm curious of how we all survive in this world where automatic becomes the biggest monetization factor. Now, I have a couple thoughts and, and you let me know how you see uh, Beaver Builder rolling out. I have a product called Conductor. Some folks think it's a page builder. They've been saying that for years. It's not. <laughs> it is a query builder. Uh, what was once a widget will now be a Gutenberg block where you can build a query, spit it out in a block. We will not be, at least for the foreseeable future, putting all of those options into a Gutenberg block for the sake of putting it all into a Gutenberg block. There's a company, I've talked about this a lot on the season, so I won't go too deep into it. A headphone company, they're called, uh, I almost said Godox, they're called Grado. Uh, and they have uh, handmade headphones for four decades now, maybe even longer than that. Family owned in Brooklyn. Um, and they have never been the Beats. They have never been the Samsungs and the Sonys of headphones. They never wanted to be. And they still had loyal customers. This is where I see us moving into the future where, hey, we don't have to follow the Gutenberg way. We don't have to be this big explosive push. It means that there might be a lower ceiling for the big you know, dollar success, but you know, Conductor still sells. We still have loyal customers. It solves this one tiny problem. It solves it really well and it's consistent. How do you project Beaver Builder? Do you see yourself expanding, becoming a niche product, releasing other products around it to expand the business? What, what's your whole thought on that whole soapbox rant right there? We, we've, I guess, got a, f a number of ideas and, and strategies in the works. Um, you know, one of the maybe realizations, or not realizations, but, but you know, hard truths that, that came out of the, the Gutenberg announcement and then our kind of discussion around, you know, what is our company going to look like in Gutenberg and in five years and in 10 years, you know, um, we're kind of a lot of eggs in our one basket. Like our, our company, we started out as a web design development agency there was three of us myself and my two partners we built beaver builder uh, we decided to productize it put it out on the market it started to see some you know like eventually it started to see some growth and then it started to see some good growth and we decided to kind of shut down the web agency and just go all in on beaver builder living um, the dream yeah yeah i mean no it, it, we very fortunate that it, it worked out that way i know that's like yeah so it's, it's a success story right like it's it's great um, now we're at this point where like, we're still pretty much all of our eggs are in that, that beaver, <laughs> beaver basket. I love, I love alliterations. Um, the beaver builder basket. And so, yeah, we, we've been, we've been talking about and, and looking into other spaces, um, d discussing like doing products that maybe could leverage our customer base now, but that maybe don't necessarily rely on the WordPress platform or that could leverage the WordPress platform, but still be capable and viable outside of it. 
Um, and then also, in, in, specifically in response to Gutenberg, I've, I've used this this um, comparison a few times, and it's like I know it's, I feel like it's becoming a little bit cliche, but but you know, Gutenberg is gonna be intended and used by a massive audience, thirty percent plus of the web. Um, and and so you know it, it's it's not going to be able to cater to you know either, well like, like where we're going with Beaver Builder is we're trying to double down on the power users the professional users um, people that are building lots of websites for other people or that are you know in the web development front end development space and um, really try to cater and serve to that market where where um you know it's like i like saying like gutenberg we could see is like becoming like an instagram whereas we'd like to be in the the realm of a photoshop you know like they're both image editing tools one of them is geared towards a mass audience and kind of has a watered down user-friendly feature set whereas the other is um you know a lot more capable and and you know, it has a steeper learning curve um but can produce a lot more and um improve what am i trying to say here it, it can it can produce you know a wider range of uh, of outcomes at the end. Scrolling through your recent or more recent post, uh, addressing all of the elephants, uh, uh, addressing all of the elephants, um, and um, you know, Beaver Builder sort of experiencing that uh, I don't know hyper growth where where things are going really fast, and then you have all of these sort of third party products building off of uh, or on top of. Uh, some of uh, the Beaver Builder stuff effectively just uh, extending uh, some of the functionality of Beaver Builder, um, sort of a platform within a platform, if you will. <laughs> uh, uh, but sort of now that that effect has that affected. I guess is the question is has that affected the much like WordPress. So I, I feel like WordPress is trying to consolidate this experience so that you can experience WordPress. Did you have that same sort of feeling where it's like, okay, great. Um, yeah, this is nice. There's all these third-party add-ons you can get, but now people are experiencing Beaver Builder through these other developers who might not have the same kind of uh, support or quality of code that we have. And, and we sort of need to wrangle all of these little ancillary features on the outside and bring them into Beaver Builder. I mean, effectively, that's how I read this. I, I, think, it's a, it's, I think it's a great... I think it's something you have to do is to build a lot of these features in here, maybe a lot of features that other competitors might have and really sort of right the ship in that direction. But I don't know, what are your thoughts on that sort of third party market? I know it drives a lot of traffic, but it's not, you know, Beaver Builder certified, if you will. Um, what are your thoughts on that? Yeah, we honestly, I mean, we used the WordPress model as a kind of base for what we wanted with Beaver Builder in terms of it being a platform um, we encouraged and tried to make it as easy as possible for third-party developers to come in and build on top of Beaver Builder. Um, another another kind of model or, or example we looked to a lot was was Pippin and Easy Digital Downloads and their approach to their third-party ecosystem, where uh, they were. I, I, I don't, I'm afraid I'm going to like say the wrong thing, but but they were kind of either buying or allowing people to sell third-party add-ons under the brand of Easy Digital Downloads. So they had a number of add-ons that I believe you could go to their site, you could buy, but they were maintained and created by third-party developers. Yeah, and and I, I believe that was problematic, and they ended up kind of veering away from that strategy because that what was happening was 
there, there are some of the third-party developers I'm sure were uh, excellent, some not so much, and then, but that was all under their brand. So it was giving EDD a bad name and a bad reputation when you bought one of the extensions through their site that was being maintained by a third party, and maybe that person had abandoned the project or wasn't, you know, offering the same quality of support. Um, so, so we decided against going that route and just, you know, saying, yes, like, please develop for Beaver Builder, extend it, embrace it, build on top of it. But this is, it's your own, this is your own thing. So I guess we, we did, we tried to kind of allow people to do that, but then distance ourselves. So if something came up that was a dud, right, it didn't, it didn't make us look bad. And we kind of allowed our community to be the, the, you know, police or the judge of that, like the add-on companies that have been the most successful have been that way because they're creating good products that are solving problems that people have and they're supporting them and, and continuing to develop them like there have been a few that have kind of come and gone and then there have been a few a few mainstays um, although I guess to bring it back right to our to our sassification of WordPress thought there has always been the idea in the back of our mind kind of from the business perspective of like, hey, like, are these guys eating our lunch or is there like an opportunity for us to make more money if we were to do some of this in-house or, you know, this particular plugin's gotten really popular, like, should we take that and bring it into core? Um, we are, uh, you know, we're a bootstrapped team, so we've been able to kind of make decisions there under our own roof. I wonder what that would be like if we had, say, like, taken on uh, an, an investment, if we had investors that were looking for a return on their investment, if there was pressure from other people to monetize, you know, would that have changed our decision process? And is that what we're seeing with Automatic and WordPress and Jetpack, right? Yeah, I, I, you know, I think, well, part of the problem, and it's not even part of the problem, it's just it is what it is. It's an open source project. It is as an open source project, people feel, because they are, either people writing lines of code who are just volunteers giving to a project, or they're automaticians who are actually getting paid by automatic and, and, and tasked to work on WordPress.org. Um, this is, and you know, again, to, to look at some of the ways that Matt has reacted, at least to this more recent thread, which I will uh, link up in the show notes, to like, hey, this is the way I'm going to do it too bad, sort of paraphrasing there, but not really. <laughs> uh, you know, it's it's like, you, and on one hand, we have to turn to Matt and say, hey, man, it's open source. Don't get upset when people have these opinionated, um, you know, ideas or they feel so connected to it, whether or not they're you know, way out of whack with what they're requesting or sort of just staying in the middle. This is the life of open source. You can't have your cake and eat it too. This is what you want to play with. Um, you know, and at the same time, people that are are trying to, um, you know, be vocal about Gutenberg or the direction of WordPress, they have to look at it too as it's it's not your playground. This is not this is not yours. Effectively, it's open source, so you're not always going to have the direction that you want. And the dangerous thing is, is people don't realize that you don't get this kind of say in any other piece of software. You know, I can't go to a conference and see Tim Cook and be like, "Hey, man, this recent version of macOS sucks. <laughs> I don't know what you think you're doing by rolling this thing out." You don't have that kind of connection. People have to realize that, look, don't, don't just because Matt is, you know, uh, available or you might see these core contributors at a conference, you don't abuse that at the same time. Like, you know, don't be crazy and, and, 
and yelling at these at, at people that don't need to be yelled at. It's it's you have to have some kind of uh, gratitude towards them and, and look at it as look. No other piece of software that you're using for the most part at this scale has a community as approachable or a leadership team as approachable as WordPress does. Whether or not you like the decisions that are happening, you know, be courteous and be grateful that you can even open a line of communication to Matt, whether or not you agree with him. So this is human problems. <laughs> this, is, this is not software. This is not features. This is not WordPress versus Drupal. This is human problems, which I think, again, going back to Matt, and I'm, I'm capitalizing this, this <laughs> right now, and I, I apologize to the listeners, but this is something that Matt has has never experienced, you know? This is his baby, much like Beaver Builder is your baby. WordPress is his baby. He has never run another company for 20 years, you know, had these types of problems, solved them or failed at them, learned from those lessons, and now has moved on to WordPress. This is the first experience for everyone. So let's all get that out there too. Like, <laughs> we have to understand, uh, both parties, both sides have to understand it's a first for everyone we're trying to innovate for 30 plus per, 30 plus percent of the web have never been done before. There's no historical things that we can look to and say, remember when we did that? It's all new for everyone, including Matt. So everyone has to just like calm down and have some reasonable discussions. <laughs> um, yes. Let's get back to... Yes. <laughs> uh, yes. Very well put. I think you're right. Let's get back uh, to Beaver Builder, one of the things that uh, I, I often talk about is marketing, communication, messaging of a product. Um, sort of towards the end of this paragraph, you say that, you know, you notice that the publishing schedule hasn't been as, as great. Uh, maybe the communication in, in Facebook groups hasn't been as high as it was before. Just walk us down why that is so difficult as a, as a founder of a company to keep marketing and messaging and communications going? Are you heads down working on the product? Like what, what's going on and just give people behind the scenes of, you know, why that is so difficult to, to make this stuff happen. Yeah. Okay. I can, I can, uh, I can tie that into the, to, to your last kind of few statements too. And to give credit, right. Like I think Matt has been taking a lot of flack and has been getting a lot of, negative and uh, critical kind of feedback from the community. But um, to his credit, I'm always impressed at, at how well he, like, I, like it's, it's funny because, you, like, you'll see people talking about him in these random places, like WP Tavern comments or on Twitter, like, um, and, and then you'll see him, like, pop in all over. And I'm always surprised at how often I see him popping in at all these seemingly kind of obscure areas of the web. Like, he's definitely keeping his thumb uh, on the pulse of what's going on and and, and being engaged as, as much, I'm sure, as he can. Guy never um, comments on my videos, though. <laughs> no, I'm sorry. I, I don't, I, <laughs> <laughs> um, but no, I mean, that's that's tough. Like, for, for me personally, like, that had always been kind of my, my area of the of, of our company. My responsibility was that, that communication, community outreach and such. Um, and, and if I'm honest, too, like, I, I feel guilty saying it again because like i'm in such a fortunate position but I, I hit a burnout wall like that particular blog post we had been you know scheduling or doing a monthly update post for like a few years and i just kind of hit this and this has happened to me historically in terms of like my online presence both professionally and personally like i'll go through waves of like man like i just want to be like on instagram and i want to be tweeting and like hey hey like look at me like this is what i'm doing and like and then i'll just hit these walls where i'm like God, like i just want to turn off my computer i want to go out into the forest i want to take my phone out of my pocket for a week and 
Um, so then, yeah, over the summer, I hit one of those, like, just kind of burnout walls and um, was was really struggling to kind of to, to get anything out there in terms of communication. Um, and I do, I, I felt like I let, not like let people down, but I, I feel like I kind of, we had set an expectation of, of kind of how frequently we're communicating and, and sharing what was going on. And, and uh, yeah, I feel like I, I kind of broke away from that. So that was addressing all the elephants that was part of like it was like the big gutenberg elephant in the room but also it's like hey where have you guys been we haven't heard anything from you for a while so um uh, but, but that's a challenge i don't think i'm alone in in that again too like thinking about matt and this being his baby and beaver builder being my baby like i guess i wonder what it'd be like i don't have i don't have do you have do you, do you have kids matt didn't you didn't you have a child I have reese two. Two. Yeah, I have two of them. Uh, one of them will be, uh, one of them's two years old. The other one's going to be one year next month. I mean, I guess, I guess it's like to use the, the analogy of children. Like you can't just walk away from your kids, right? Like I'm sure it gets like you get burnt out on parenting and like, um, but I mean, maybe it's a little easier to do when it's a, an online software or like social media, you know, you can like justify like, hey, I'm going to just like not be there for a couple months. And I, I don't know, I guess it's something I could improve on personally. But yeah, I, you know, I, I think uh, and I don't want to put words in, in your mouth, but I've certainly been there with like every project that I launch. So um, I, what I've what I've tried to do is before going into a new project is to understand that that those ups and downs will always happen. So I understand this. It's, it's why I liked the agency space so much because you could literally charge anybody anything you wanted. I could build them a five-page builder, Beaver Builder website and charge them a million bucks. <laughs> and if they paid it, they paid it, right? And that was the game of agency life. And you sort of recognize that. Um, there's a whole bunch of you know, attributes that goes along with that. But the, the general idea is that if people, if you can brand yourself and people like you and like what you're doing, you can charge whatever you want in the agency space. You're delivering value to a customer. They pay for it. They pay for it. And that's your value. Uh, but every project going into it, you're always going to have those ups and downs and you have to set that, you have to set that expectation right away because when the, when the dips start to come, you can't let it get a hold of you. You have to just say, I knew this was coming. Like, I know this is going to happen, so what's my contingency plan when there is a dip? And the dip, the contingency plan and, and those points are, what you know, whatever you've set. So, you know, if you're, if, you're, if you're doing content marketing and the numbers are going up and you're doing podcasts, like podcasts, and you're doing your first podcast, the first few episodes, everybody's listening to it, and then you're at episode like 300 something like I am and people are, you know, you're like, where are all, all the listeners? <laughs> can, I, can I keep seeing this thing go up? So you just set the, you set the ground running knowing that, look, just like an artist, just like a music artist, they put out... 20 albums over the course of their careers or whatever it is not every single one of them is a hit but if you stop that is the problem because you don't get to the next hit um and uh, i think a lot of people need to kind of figure out okay when i go down in a dip especially i'm doing like content marketing i return to the basics what's the basics maybe i'm getting too far creative maybe i'm overwhelming myself with information that people just don't really care about or putting content marketing videos out that people don't really care about um you know, and, uh, and, and just fall back on something. But the idea is you keep flexing that muscle regardless, understanding you're in a low spell, but things will kick back up again. And I think that's where we're at, even in the WordPress space. I think with all of this chaos happening around Gutenberg, 
as much as it sucks to see it and as much as it sucks to look at Jetpack as the big monetization balloon hovering above us, there's going to be something else that that pops up as an opportunity uh, in this space. And those who are flexible enough to to see that or or uh, uh, able to pivot and, and, and really latch onto that when the time comes, you know, they'll do really well. Um, you ever think of Beaver Builder as a standalone CMS? A SaaS of itself? Yeah, yeah, the ideas come up before, um, really early on in our product life cycle, actually, that was one of the, you know, we, we had this visual design tool we were looking at this was like before Squarespace maybe was a household name, but was maybe a household name within the the web development or kind of startup community. But we we're like, hey, like look at what these guys are doing. We've got we're like halfway there, you know. Like we've got the builder now. We just need to. Then <laughs> that was that was the hurdle that we ran into. It was like, oh yeah, we just need to like figure out the logistics of hosting and uh, you know. Uh, server architecture and, and protecting all this data like that was where we're like oh wow we're not server admins like this is not a, a space that we know anything about or, or you know like who's you know like this show silicon valley um what's the guy's name like the the really like the the, oh, yeah. the hacker yeah, yeah. guy you know like yeah, yeah, uh, yeah, gilfoil yeah. right like yeah, yeah, yeah. like none of us was a gilfoil that like super just like in the back end like in the thick of like you know, maintaining servers and Unix environments and all that. Like, like we, if we had had that guy, maybe it would have been a little bit more of like a, yeah, well, maybe we can do this. But, um, so, so that's, yeah, it, it's, it's, uh, and well, then I guess another kind of iteration on that idea was, was kind of niching down and saying like, well, okay, we don't want to be Squarespace, but what if we tried to do like uh, a hosted builder for, this niche like you know there was one that came out for restaurants uh, a buddy of ours did one for for churches faith made where it was built on beaver builder and it was a hosted web like build your own website platform uh, for a very specific niche um, again we kind of you know decided that that wasn't a space that we wanted to be in or pursue at, at the time when it was discussed i mean it's you know the, the idea still kind of floats around here and there now um back to being sort of uh, you know it's sort of changing your whole maybe marketing habit too it's you know something like that is okay great the solutions there the foundations there and i would argue that maybe not even a guilfoil is needed but uh maybe more you know more of like a gary vaynerchuk right somebody who's just like you know marketing this one concept uh, because you know that that's going back to what we previously talked about about sort of hitting this wall hitting this burnout it, there's a lot for you to talk to talk about about Beaver Builder functions, features, what you're doing with code, where the uh, ecosystem's at. But because there's so much, it's like where where do we start? You know, what's the most effective piece uh, to to talk about to really market this product and, and continue to to put out these posts? Um, but I think you're actually solving that, right? Again, back into this post, you're you're looking to hire somebody to maybe take on that task of uh, being that community advocate. Uh, I'm reading that correct, right? Yeah, yeah. And uh, again, like, I know Matt's been coming up a lot in our, our discussion here, that, like, to credit him, that was something I heard him speak about, that he had reached a point in his career where he was trying to get out of the, the groundwork, and his goal was to empower other people. And this is something we've heard from kind of mentors of ours as well, like, in the process 
of uh, you know, like being an entrepreneur and starting a business, you're going to reach a point where like, like the, the instinct is to do everything yourself and you want to be on the ground. You want to be doing it all. And you have a really hard time of like, like getting the babysitter, right? Like letting someone else uh, take over that role. There's that kind of ego involved of like, Hey, like no one's going to be able to do this as well as I can, which I should say, I'd like, I, I definitely don't have, like, <laughs> I know there's people out there that would be a lot better at this than I am. So, so yeah, they like trying to reach this point of like getting out of the day to day and empowering other people, um, is I think like a natural, but difficult challenge when it comes to, to building and, and growing a product. How are you addressing that as you're talking to potential candidates? I'm assuming you're already talking to potential candidates because I'd imagine with your reach, as soon as you put something out like that, you know, anybody with a Beaver Builder tutorial probably reached out to you and said, hey, hire me. Uh, what, what, what has your, uh, God, I can only imagine the emails. Uh, what has your process been for evaluating and, and maybe setting potential goals? Or, or have you hired somebody already and you just haven't? Yeah, no, no, we haven't yet. We are talking to some people. Um, interestingly, we we did a similar kind of call out for a development position about, I think probably two years or so ago now. Um, and, you know, this was before, this was before Brent, um, it was, we eventually uh, brought on a gentleman named Simon. Um, but what, but it was interesting. Like we, we did the, like we did the mention in the blog post. I think we post on Facebook, but what we got was just this like flood of like every single guy that's on Elance or Fiverr, like that had, you know, like some <laughs> yeah. kind of development experience. We were getting all of these just like generic cover letter resumes. Um, like the floodgates really, really opened on that one. So luckily, like, cause that, that was a learning experience for us. Cause we ended up having to spend a lot of time like sorting through and trying to like pick it. And so the, at the end of all that, um, Simon actually just came through a mutual friend of ours from the WordPress space, sent me a Slack message and was like, Hey, did you guys ever find anyone? Cause I know this guy, he's really good and he's looking for a gig. And like, it didn't come from that, that job post, um, which we <laughs> spent so much time kind of filtering through. Um, but, but yeah, so that's a, I, I, I wish I could speak to like our approach to finding someone right now. Although, I mean, in all honesty, this is like kind of the first time we've ever done this, uh, you know, hiring our team is at about 13 people right now. Um, so we've only done this 13 times. I'm by no means an expert. Um, I think one of the things that we value really highly, and again, this is kind of, it's kind of a cliche, but it's like the culture fit. Um, but then in, in the same sense too, like one of the things I've been thinking about, or, uh, culture fit, but I also, I, 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 I well, I don't want to get like too political here, right? But like one of the things I noticed was that uh, almost all of the applicants that we saw coming through for that uh, that position were were male, and then you know, like presumably like North American, you know, I assume it's like guys look just like me, um, and, and you know, I do believe there's like value in, in diversifying your team and and. Um, so that's been like kind of an interesting, like just something that I'm, I'm conscious of as we're going through this process of trying to find someone is like, who can we bring on that's going to be a good culture fit, but also kind of broaden our, you know, perspective on uh, and broaden the message and, and, you know, speak to speak to people that maybe we weren't able to speak to as well um, with this whole goal, like the goal of growing our community, growing our user base. Right. Yeah. I mean, I'm right there with you. I think that, uh, you know, those the old ways of doing things, I think who you're hiring for 
is a critical position that every business needs yet can't figure out how to hire this person or afford this person, uh, quite frankly. Um, it's, uh, I think the way that people purchase, especially in the WordPress space, you know, even with bigger brands now, aside from Amazon, uh, which, you know, is just this, this mega, it's you know, no bigger than Amazon. And, and when you look at, you know, people just buying for price and, and mainly convenience, but they don't really know anybody at Amazon. They don't care. It's, it's crushing the small business to, to a degree. Um, many people are buying now based on the business. And I've been harping about this for years now. Uh, and it's why I continue to still recommend uh, Beaver Builder for, for page builders because I know you guys. I know the mission that you're on. I know the culture that you are looking to build. That statement alone tells me these are good people. They might not have the features I need, but they've got 95% of them. And maybe I'll figure out something else for that other 5%, but I'm going to vote with my dollars and give my dollars to Beaver Builder. Um, and I think that stuff has to happen more in the WordPress space. And I, I think it does to a, a large degree. Um, but this, this role is, is difficult because it's, it's part, you know, marketer, it's part, you know, founder, it's part, it's part developer, it's part customer support. Like you have to have all of these roles. And at the same time, you know, that, that fifth part or fourth part, whatever I'm on, like you, you kind of don't want somebody who knows the ins and outs of WordPress, right? Somebody who's deeply rooted in WordPress. You want somebody who's who's got a different perspective. They're not going to WordCamps, and that's a good thing. I mean, I might, not, might not be going to WordCamps yet, but it's a good thing that they don't have, you know, those those blinders on of the WordPress community because you want them to speak objectively uh, and to find new opportunities. And it's, it's difficult um, to hire that person and uh, yeah, I, I don't have a solution for it either. I, I would just say that one of the pitfalls I've seen when people hire a potential content marketer is they don't give them enough time to see the, you know, the, uh, I guess the lack of a better word, return on investment. A lot of people just say, I need a blogger. I need somebody to go out there and create content for me. And then, they, you know, they give that person 90 days and they're like, we're not seeing any results. You're fired, <laughs> right? Or they move on to somebody else. I think that there's a... Uh, you know, the, the tactic has to be uh, slightly different for these, these types of people, though the strategy might be there. I think the tactic might have to be different. I don't know if you're approaching it with a, a particular goal in mind, or is this person going to do just sort of blogging and, and content or everything? Yeah, it's a good, good question or, or good kind of thought train. Uh, one of the things I deliberately did on the job posting was I, instead of saying like responsibilities, I said re responsibilities could include, um, and we did that like very loosey goosey, like, Hey, like this is like, these are some of the things we could foresee, you know, you, this person doing, but yeah, we're, we're, it, this wasn't, it, it wasn't a very like um, precise, you know, we're looking for someone specifically that can do content on our blog or specifically make video. Like we wanted someone that, that wants to join on our team and, and, you know, be a face in the community and help grow. Uh, but what that looks like, we're kind of open to suggestion, right? Um, again, kind of going back to the, the, like us being and myself being novice at, at this, you know, I, I didn't have a background in marketing when I got into doing marketing for Beaver Builder. I kind of fell into it and have been learning as I go. So I'm really open to the idea or possibility of someone coming in and being like, Hey, like this is, you know, this is what I think you need. Um, and another kind of 
interesting or a fun piece of advice I heard from, from one of our mentors is like, whenever you're hiring salespeople, right? Like you just, just tell them no. And then the ones that keep coming back after you and they keep bugging you, you know, like, you know, you're going to find a good one because he's just not going to let it go. And he's going to keep coming after you and he's going to keep coming after. So I thought that was really like, and again, we're not like, it's a little different from sales, but that, that kind of like, you know, that kind of philosophy can apply. Like, let's, let's see who can really sell themselves to us and assume that, 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 that's going to translate. Yeah. That, I mean, sales is huge in content in, in content marketing. And I think that that's something that people overlook because I think that this, this role, uh, maybe that's the fifth ingredient there is, is they have to have a, a, a bit of sales in them because in the beginning, if you're not measuring or, or the person you're hiring should be looking at it as the content that I'm going to put out in the first 90 days of my employment will be something that at least tries to push the needle in some direction. So is it more signups uh, or is it more sales? I, I don't really care about the increasing views or the likes of a fan page or that kind of thing. Maybe community engagement's a good one, but if they can create content that, you know, a webinar, for example, in 30 days after joining Beaver Builder, if you can go ahead and hold a, a webinar and get five sales on that webinar, make a thousand bucks or whatever the number is, you know, those are the steps, you know, in the right direction. It might sound silly to some people, um, but I think what will happen is uh, you're able to measure those content efforts or those outreach efforts a whole heck of a lot better because there's dollars attached to them, um, you know, versus just, you know, make a blog post about the 14 great themes that work with Beaver Builder. You know, <laughs> like we, we, we've already beaten that horse enough. We don't need it anymore. Um it's a, that's a really good point you make though. That I mean, it's particularly with content marketing, like that's a long play. Um, and I will, I'll keep that in mind, you know, that, that, yeah, that it does take some time. Um, you gotta give it some, give it some time to work. I like that. Yeah. You gotta give it some time, but if you can find ways to measure something in a short term, I, I think that's, that also, uh, is great. And I think a direct sales thing, holding a webinar, uh, doing something that's going to at least create content for the potential sale right? Hey, you're about to buy Beaver Builder, but you don't know if you should get Beaver Builder or XYZ, you know, read our comparison blog post. So it's a sales aid, right? To help the sale. Um, and also a way, a means to create content. Um, let's talk about the, the Beaver Builder theme real quick, getting back to product as we sort of wrap up here. I think that's something that, that doesn't get enough love, or at least from my perspective, I, I don't see enough people talking about the Beaver Builder core theme versus, you know, Beaver Builder proper and Beaver themer proper. Um, Cause I see all of these themes that are seemingly exploding on the line as, as great page builder themes, um, the fastest, the most lightweight, but with every option, like my mind is like, wait, wait a minute. Do you have every option under the sun and it's the fastest? How did you achieve this? <laughs> you know, you know, that's impossible. We all know that, but, uh, what is the direction of theme and, and maybe theme templates that, that come pre-installed with Beaver Builder? What's the outlook for, because uh, to me, that's the glue that puts all this stuff together. Yeah. You know, our, our approach to, to our theme has always been to kind of avoid the, the shiny ball sort of feature race that you see a lot in the theme, theme market. Like when we started, when we were doing websites for clients, what we would do, um, this is like six or so, six, seven years ago now, 
actually it feels like a really long time but so we, we would like send our clients our potential clients over to theme forest and we'd be like hey like check out all these beautiful designs like pick one that you think kind of meshes or that you like the aesthetics of and then we'll take that theme and we'll customize it for your website and we ran into the problem where um, each theme on theme forest had like a completely different front end stack they were doing their css and their markup completely different they had this was before the wordpress customizer so they all had their own like options panels that you had to navigate and trying to like actually get the theme to look like the example image like we, we, we had all of this learning curve each time we started a new project um, and there was a lot of talk of that like you know th that was the same time as like mega themes were becoming really big or like they were selling really well because that's what people thought they wanted was the theme that could do everything the all-in-one um, and we were like really in the thick of like wow like this is horrible for people that are actually building websites you know because it's like it doesn't it's it's not working so our approach with the the beaver builder theme was like we just wanted a really solid framework that was that was consistent and that was easy to get into and then once you learned it once it would save you all of this time on each project like something that we like one of the original names we had for it was chameleon right which is like again kind of silly cliche but like we wanted something that we could like change and adapt to whatever the design aesthetic and and you know look and feel we were trying to create was um and and that's really like still kind of been our approach to our theme um, we're very very careful and strategic to what we put in the theme um, we haven't tried to kind of make it a, a feature race and so we're adding all these bells and whistles and bells and whistles to drum up attention um, so so yeah and then i guess it, it where we're going i think we've, we've also kind of made the conscious decision like i, I do think Gutenberg has the potential and, and is going to change WordPress themes. And interesting, like we saw a lot of theme shops kind of selling, like getting acquired this year. Like people that were that were running theme shops were kind of, I don't want to say jumping ship, but like, um, I, I think there is going to be a, a disruption in the traditional WordPress theme model as Gutenberg gets into core and then assumingly, you know, becomes more popular and, and more and more developers and, and builders, users start embracing it. So... Um, I think it's going to be an interesting, you know, I've been saying this for years, it's going to be really interesting to see what that looks like in practice. Like once it actually goes into core, I'm excited to see like the 2019 themes kind of starting to take some shape. But, but you know, what, what do themes do in a Gutenberg world? What does that look like with the kind of merging of the front end and the back end um, styles and designs? And um, especially too, right, when Gutenberg gets into its phases of, of uh, site design, site customization outside of just the editor, um, you know, what, what is the job or the role of a theme? And even like to tack one more thing on there, like what, is, what does that look like with all of the kind of new and upcoming browser technologies, things like Flexbox and CSS Grid and, and you know, browsers have, have been advancing a lot. Like, yeah, there, there, I think there's a lot coming in the front end space that we will be able to leverage in themes that, that you know, might be viable now, but it's it's like that classic, like, you know, this CSS rule works in three out of four browsers, so, like, do we use it or not? And I think that's going to be the space of of, of the theme to decide and, and yeah. run with. And you get a lot of, a lot of new features coming in in 2.2 for, like, design aesthetics, things that people might have been longing for for, for some time to, um, you know, might not be on the technology side, but it's certainly on the on the look and feel uh, front of, of of your theme. Um, and I assume that those types of styles probably work best in the Beaver Builder core theme versus a third-party theme, let's say.
I I, don't, I do want to give credit. Like there are there have been a number. Like looking in our community, if you took a poll, I think that there are maybe three or four themes that have become like really really popular. Ours included. You got uh, page builder frame. I don't want to like name them all off just because I I don't want to leave anyone out or this or that. But um, we're we're fortunate that a number of these themes that we're seeing having like really rapid growth right now have really embraced page builders and Beaver Builder included. Um, so so yeah, that's kind of like dodging a question. It's like a yes and no. Like of course I want to say like yes, the the, the Beaver Builder theme is the one you should buy because everything's gonna. But no, I mean like in all honesty, um, we we do our best within the page builder itself to make it as as theme agnostic as we can. Um, so so yeah it should work you know it, it'll work it'll work uh it'll work great with the beaver roller theme it should work great with any theme it'll work great with with some of the the popular themes of the time since i started at pagely nearly about a year and a half ago i haven't been in wordpress sites as much as i used to be with um <clears throat> with uh, agency stuff day-to-day -day agency stuff and and this will be my parting my parting piece here to this episode is man it was it was quite a while uh since I had really been in the weeds with Beaver Builder and and just the other day working on a small new little project that I have going on, you guys are making some amazing improvements. Like I love the UI, it's snappier, right? I mean, it was always good, you know, a year ago um, when I was really using this stuff day to day, but man, it's it's a whole new world. <laughs> it's, it's snappy, it's fast. I've got the options I need, uh, the features I need and with stuff coming now, you know, I, I can't uh, sing enough uh, more praise uh, than, um, you know, than just people need to just try it out and use it and and look at the differences between what they can build with Beaver Builder now and what they can b build with Gutenberg because in, in, at least in my eyes, and I know yours too, it's two totally different animals right now um, and with only greater things to come as, as you guys mature the product. So uh, congrats, I guess I should say. <laughs> uh, I, I've been really enjoying the product, getting back into it again. Um, any par any parting words that you want to leave the audience with as we close out? Any new direction? Will they see you at WordCamp US? Uh, anything you want to pitch? Yeah, we will be at WordCamp US. I'm very much looking forward to it. Um, we've been doing all the WordCamp US's since Philadelphia, and, and always have a blast there. It's it's funny because like, okay, I, I shouldn't get long winded because we're wrapping it up here. But I always like in my like the last two months of emails, I'll end with the question like, hey, am I going to see you? At WCUS. I'm going to see it at WordCamp US. Um, and I try to make like, like, oh, let's make sure we connect there. Let's make sure we connect there. But then there's, you know, like 4,000 people there. There's always people I'm hoping to see that I never see because there's so many people. But then you end up, it's just, it's one of my favorite kind of events of the year. So yes, we'll be there. Um, and so speaking to 2.2, we were actually releasing, hey, Gutenberg didn't release today, but Beaver Builder 2.2 is releasing today. Oh, nice. <laughs> so all yeah, right. we got a, we're doing a soft launch today. Um, cool. we're, so all of the kind of new goodies that we're, we're putting in there, a lot of design focused enhancements are, are going live today. Nice. Uh, which will surely be live. I guess, is this air? What, what, well, so it's a great question. I, you know, <laughs> technically I have uh, two episodes ahead of you, but um, I'm going to try to push this out. Uh, let's just take a look at the calendar real quick. I have one hopefully coming out this week and then next week. So technically this wouldn't go out until after WordCamp US. Okay. Sorry, I'm, I'm breaking like the third wall podcast <laughs> magic here. But that's, we, that's yeah, by fine. the time you're hearing this. 2.2 <laughs> yeah. will be out with a boatload yeah. of new features. Yeah. Uh, well, no, man, that's awesome. Uh, thanks for taking the time today to sit down and just have this 
quick, not quick, I guess, 50 minutes, candid conversation uh, about what's going on in your world. I respect everything that you and the team are doing. I hope more uh, success comes your way. Um, and hey, if you get scooped up by a big company, don't forget us little guys. You know, we're, we're still here rooting for you no matter what. Uh, where can folks find you on the web to say thanks? Uh, we are wpbeaverbuilder.com. We're active on Twitter, and we've got a great Facebook group, uh, the Beaver Builders Group, which is a kind of community-run, uh, officially supported, supported group. And thank you. So thanks so much for the kind words, too, and having me on. This was a really fun chat. I really appreciate it. No problem. And everybody else, MattReport.com, MattReport.com, slash subscribe to join the mailing list. We're looking for 200 reviews on iTunes. We're at about a buck 16 right now, buck 17. I think we can get there to be the, the most rated WordPress podcast on iTunes. Go ahead to search for us on iTunes. Type in Matt Report or WordPress podcast. You'll find us there. You don't have to leave us five stars. If you don't only like us by about two stars, that's cool too, whatever. Just looking for the amount of reviews on iTunes. We'll see you in the next episode.